In the 1990s, many in the film industry uttered the phrase, horror is dead. The 1990s entries in the Nightmare on Elm Street, Friday the 13th, and Halloween film series had failed to connect critically, economically, and most tragically with their hardcore fan bases. Wes Craven had been struggling to have financial success since 1984's Nightmare on Elm Street. After the failure of Shocker, Vampire in Brooklyn, and Wes Craven's new nightmare, he decided that he wanted to get out of the horror genre and was eyeing a project that would eventually become the Meryl Streep vehicle, Music of the Heart. In early 1995, after the failure of the aforementioned New Nightmare, he was sent a script for a lower-budget slasher film called Scary Movie. He began reading it, and by the end of the first scene in which the character of Casey Barker gets disemboweled, he threw it in the garbage, called Bob Weinstein of Merrimax to tell him that he would not do it. A few days later, Wes Craven was at a signing for the newly released Nightmare on Elm Street VHS box set collection. An 11-year-old boy came up to him to get his box set signed. Wes Craven was so amused to find a child as young as 11 uh, who had seen the Freddy Krueger movies that he asked him which was his favorite one. The boy said he liked Freddy Krueger, but he preferred Craven's earlier films, Last House on the Left <laughs> and The Hills Have Eyes. <laughs> When asked why he liked those films more, the boy responded, because those films kicked so much ass. The young boy then went on to say, you should do another movie where you kick ass. At this point, Wes Craven called Bob Weinstein back and said, if the job was still available, he would like to direct it. On the one condition that they changed the name of the film, because Scary Movie sounded like a comedy, and the film Wes Craven was going to make wouldn't make people laugh, it would make people scream. It's Death by Video! <laughs> Did you like that intro, guys? That's pretty good. There's a movie that you never seen. The map of some ninjas or a crazy death machine. There'll be smiles. There'll be tears. You won't watch a movie for about eight billion years it's time for death by video time for death by video and now the show will begin i'm phil i'm Kip. and i'm graham lillian couldn't make it tonight she is uh, deep in the throes of uh, real the real estate business at the moment she wanted to be here especially for our halloween episode and this is going up on halloween uh, we should, even though by the time you listen to this, our episode on Freddy's Dead, The Final Nightmare will be up on either Monday or Tuesday, and then this episode should be up on Thursday, October 31st. Lillian's actually uh, currently selling a uh, haunted house mm-hmm. where a lot of gruesome murders took place to an unsuspecting family, yep. so that's why she can't be with us. Fun and fact. Re- and rewinding to your joke, that mm-hmm. should have like a rim shot. <laughs> <laughs> it would make people scream. I thought I was very clever when I thought that up last night. So, guys, before we get into Scream, has there been anything that any of us has seen that we'd like to talk about? Phil. Yes. What have you seen? So, uh, three quarters of our movie trivia team, Bill Murray, we AKA went to... two quarters of this podcast. No, this podcast, which yes. people people don't know that we're also a trivia team. Yeah, yeah we also are a tri- trivia team. Mm-hmm. Go for it. And we went to see the Bong Joon-ho movie Parasite. We could have watched the election results, federal election results, but no. We decided to watch the excellent Pomdor winning dark, satirical, Mm -hmm. dark comedy slash 
home invasion-ish thriller parasite. I don't really want to get into details about the plot. I, yeah, I'm going to be seeing it this week. I'm going to be seeing it this week. Um, also, it is a, it's, it's a pitch black comedy, though. It's fantastic. Yeah, it's well, I just, I won't reveal anything either, but you okay. know, like, when you see a, a foreign film uh, that's supposed to be funny, and you're like, yeah, there are jokes here. I, I get these jokes. These are these are clever little jokes. But you're not you're not like laughing at the jokes. Yeah. They're just something doesn't quite translate. It, it tickles your fancy. Yeah. But uh, in Parasite, I was I was laughing out loud. I thought it was oh, very fun. Interesting. Yeah. Cool. So South Korea has the uh, same late capitalist problems that the Western world has. Uh, who would have thunk it? It's almost mm. like it's a global phenomenon. I know. Um, and this is of course uh, Bon Joon Ho. Is that correct? That's yeah. Yeah, who did uh, the host, and he also did Train to Busan, correct? No, he did, uh, but he did uh, Memories of Murder. He right, did, uh, I love Memories of Murder. That's an incredibly good. He movie. did not do the host. Did he, did he do the host? He did do the host. Um, but who did Train to Busan? Was that that wasn't Park Chan Wook? That was I think that was him. I think that no, was that wasn't him. No. Uh, he did Snowpiercer. Sorry, Snowpiercer. That was the film I was thinking. I know yes. they're both train movies. Both train movies. Yeah. He did Okja. Right. He did uh, Mother, not to be confused with Darren Aronofsky's Mother. <laughs> uh, with, a, with a lowercase m, but an exclamation yeah. point. Just says, like, Mother. <laughs> no, this is just mm-hmm. s- standard Mother. Mother, yeah. At least the English title. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Which I think is on, like, 90% of all. I always see it on every single streaming service I come across. It's like... Oh, Warner Brothers is a streaming service. Oh, John. that was it was a really yeah. good one. It's been a while since yeah. I've seen it, but uh, cool. I really like that one. Cool. So, Kit, uh, I know you were at that screening of Parasite as well. Has there been anything else that you've seen recently that's uh, that's caught your eye? No, I've just been watching these old um, uh, old movies on YouTube. Things that have gone into um, public domain. Public domain. And I've been trying to put on some horror movies. I usually just put them on and kind of fall asleep. But last night I put on a movie called The Head. Ooh. From 1959. Have you uh, watched Haxon yet? No. Which is a, a notorious horror movie from the silent era that uh, that apparently features a real appearance by the devil. Well, ni- whoa. whoa. <laughs> wow, nice cameo. Yeah, there's a version that has uh, William S. Burroughs doing the narration. Oh, well, that's, uh, that's mm-hmm. interesting. Um, yeah, the Night of the Living Dead's on YouTube too because it's also public domain. But um, uh, it's actually no longer public domain. Well, it's on YouTube. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> hopefully they don't take it down by the time I get around to watching it. Not but, if I have uh, anything to say. I'll be fine. Just come over here and watch. I've got the pristine remastered version right here. We can watch. Anyway, the, the mm-hmm. head was interesting. I yeah. mean, it's a, it's a What's mad it scientist movie. Nice. Uh, it's uh, these scientists. Um, they're working on stuff. Uh, one of them has been able to keep a dog's head alive using a serum. Once you cut Ooh. off the, the the head, and then we've got a mysterious doctor, Doctor Ood, nice. who uh, who comes in and he hears about this uh, surgery and he performs it on the doctor, the head doctor himself, and it takes off his head. And it's kind of a bit of a, a nice bit of horror there because the um, the doctor didn't he was thought he was just having like heart surgery or something like that, and he wakes up and he's just a dismembered head, <laughs> and all he wants to do the entire movie is die, and he keeps on like he will be like oh, I got something to tell you, come here, come here. He'll try to get somebody over to him, and as soon as they're near, like, take out the tubes, please kill me now. <laughs> that sounds awesome. Um, and then he, uh, there's a crippled woman with a beautiful face. You know where this is going. Uh, he, uh, he, he gets a some burlesque dancer. He uh, kind of uh, tricks her somehow, and then kills her, takes her body, um, puts it on the other woman's head. Um, and that um, mean puts the other woman's head on her body. Yes, it'd exactly. be hard to put a body on top of a head. I feel like Frank Henenlotter was watching this movie. Yeah. <laughs> in I preparation act- for it uh, mm-hmm. while working on Frankenhooker. 
I, I feel mm-hmm. like it would a uh, good remake we we could do. Uh, it would be fun. Cool. But uh, that's that's it. Nice. Um, have you guys been enjoying the Halloween season otherwise? I have not gotten out to see a single horror movie in the theaters this October, and it is October 27th. I've, yeah, the only horror movies I've been mm-hmm. watching have been for this podcast. I've been, oh, really? you know, I've just been working a lot and too burned out to really watch movies this month. Mm-hmm. It's been hard. I've, I've tried to, uh, to keep up. I was really bummed because I started watching Messiah of Evil, which had a really interesting vibe, but then the burnt on demand DVD that I ordered through Amazon from some weird random cd proprietor in florida um stopped working at when it hit the one hour mark so i missed the entire like uh the third act of the film i was really getting into it and then it it didn't happen yeah i really enjoy that one but like even when i saw it at the royal it just looked like a janky uh youtube Mm -hmm. projection apparently there is a remastered version that uh code red dvd put out but those i would love to watch that it's so hard to get that one because the owner of code red um known as uh code red bill aka bill olsen he is a crazy person who doesn't think he should sell his his films to canada i don't know why he used to and then when he would take six months to put them in the mail and people would say hey where's my movie he would freak out he's a crazy person um, and he somehow got maybe he gets, just hates Canada he he also doesn't sell his films through Amazon for some reason he has a private shop that he only opens up online randomly and then he mails it out personally but he um, he somehow gets the rights for these movies and then when it's not able for them to be bought by consumers complains no one buys the movies and then just says, well, I'm not releasing anymore. I don't, he doesn't understand how business works. You have to have your product be available to be bought in order for it to be, for it to be bought. So unfortunately his uh, version of Messiah of, of Evil is long under wraps. Um, I've been watching a lot of horror stuff. I, I'm also kinda, I kinda get the, the Halloween blues around this time. Cause I'm like, oh, the season's gonna be over soon. And I already can, can just hear the Christmas music in the distance. I feel like it extends, oh, yeah. extends to the first week in November now. I think we've pushed Halloween. No. As soon as you, as soon as people uh, leave their pumpkins out for like a good week after Halloween, and those people I love, there are Halloween parties in the start of November. Uh, I I would say if if it was this weekend because Halloween falls on a Thursday and the following weekend, I noticed people been having their Halloween parties yesterday. Yeah, I saw a few couples costumes of Midsommar. Ooh, <laughs> nice. Yeah, I can see that. What well, one one guy just naked and the other one all in flowers? <laughs> well, no, uh, one guy is uh, in a bear costume. Ah, uh, yes. Okay, that's right. Nice. Oh, folk horror. Yeah, no, I'm I'm kind of bummed that the Halloween season is almost Watch over. Watch Nick Cage and the Wicker Man. No, no. no. Um. Anyways, with all that being said, uh, let's just get into it. We'll watch Scream. We'll be back in a moment with our thoughts. Hello. Hello. Who is this? I don't think so. What's that noise? Popcorn. You making popcorn? Well, I'm getting ready to watch a video. Really? What? I'll do some scary movie. You like scary movies? Uh Uh-huh. You never told me your name. Why do you want to know my name? I want to know who I'm looking at. Someone is playing a deadly game. It all began with a scream over 911. Someone who's seen one too many scary movies. Now he's taken his love of fear. Hello? Hello, Sydney. One step too far. Do you like scary movies? What's the point? They're all the same. Some stupid killer stalking some big-breasted girl who can't act. She's always running up the stairs and she should be going out the front door. It's insulting. There are certain rules. 
that one must abide by. In order to successfully survive a scary move. Number one, you can never have sex. Hey, what's wrong with this man? Never, ever, ever, under any circumstances, say, I'll be right back. Because you won't be back. Let's get another beer. You want one? Yeah, sure. I'll be right back. You didn't make the rules. The police are always on track. If they watch Palm Night, it's safe time. He just kills by them. Don't answer the phone. Don't open the door. Don't try to hide. And that was Scream, the 1996 smash hit. So, guys. Was it a smash hit? It was a smash hit. It was was a big hit. Um, How smashing was it? How many? uh, $173 million. That's pretty big. That's that's quite a big smash. How much did, by comparison, New Nightmare, which I guess was his kind of first attempt at meta horror, sort of. Probably um, like one-fifth of that. uh, Let me look it up right now. Because it's considered a failure, but how much of a failure? Uh, it made nineteen point seven million. Well, so it actually well, it made, broke even, I guess. Yeah, I mean the budget for it was eight million, but it was it was seen as a considering that the uh, rest of the nightmare series routinely got between thirty to fifty million dollars. It marketed was it as like the prestige Freddy movie. So yeah. Well, I just remember like I remember when I was a kid and I was terrified of Freddy Krueger when Freddy's that came in. I'm like, yes, he's finally gone. Then all of a sudden, new nightmare happened. You and, lied to me. And one of the kids that was like gleefully a Freddy Krueger fan in my class said, "Now he doesn't need to get you in his dreams. He can." get you anywhere and I'm like what Street <laughs> <laughs> a new beginning yeah what why would you do that to me <laughs> it was a prestige picture because even Roger Ebert liked yeah, it yeah yeah mm-hmm. well because it was a comment on those damn dirty slasher films that Roger Ebert like this uh, hated despite the fact that Roger Ebert was really hiding the hiding the fact that he wrote all those Russ Meyer movies at the time oh, yeah, it those, wasn't until the dirty horny Russ Meyer movies. until the IMDb came out, was like wait you criticized all those movies for like being anti-women yet you wrote movie after movie where women stripped naked and were beaten to a pulp and then Roger was like surprise <laughs> there's a reason I'm a critic <laughs> folks <laughs> yeah um, so some background on the film Drew Barrymore was originally cast as Sidney Prescott but she actually asked to play the character of Casey who doesn't survive the first scene Everybody, I remember that being a huge mm-hmm. gimmick of the movie, everybody. It was a fake-out, because yeah. she did... It wasn't this... much of one, because it was like, you knew that. But that's because that's because we know now, because yeah. we were kids when this movie came out. But if you're going into it, Drew Barrymore was the main face on the poster, she was the lead in the credits, and then she dies in the first film. And that, sorry, not in the first film, in the first, like, scene, ten, scene yeah. of the movie. Because um, there was the first poster, and then there was, like, the second poster, where you have, like, all the main cast yeah, yeah, the yeah. poster. The first poster was just Drew Barrymore. Yeah. Which I recall. That was a good one. Yeah, everybody brooding in that kind of, like, half-black, like, that, like, shade kind of thing. Yeah. Also, the interesting thing, the font uh, of Scream on the, in the credits is actually different from the front on the poster, which became the default font for the actual series. So, from 2 on, they actually had the same font as the poster did. However, like, in this one, it's a very 90s, kind of, like, typewriter almost font. But not really. Some sort of acid font. I don't mm-hmm. know what it is. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a really janky 90s font. It's like the you wouldn't steal a car font. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So after... Like a uh, drug PSA font. Oh, totally. Mm-hmm. So after Drew Barrymore... Trent, Rachel Lee Cook. After, 
After Drew Barrymore switched out of being the the character of Sydney, Brittany Murphy and Alicia Witt both auditioned for the role of Sydney, oh. but uh, but they actually didn't get get it. Um, a lot of the male cast auditioned for different roles, and they were actually eventually cast in. Both David Arquette and Matthew Lillard were brought in t- to read for the role of Billy Loomis. Um, Who's Billy Loomis? He and was I, the I, character that Skeet Ulrich played. Oh, you never knew his last name was Loomis. They say they it repeatedly. In the Do film. they? Yes, Billy Loomis, Billy Loomis, Mr. Loomis, his father. Um, so Skeet Missed Ulrich, uh, the character of Billy Loomis is named in homage to Donald Pleasant's character Obviously. of Dr. Sam Loomis from John Carpenter's Halloween, which in itself was an homage to the character that John Garvin played in Alfred Hitchcock's Psycho, also known as Sam Loomis. So Skeet Ulrich was partially cast for his strong resemblance to Johnny Depp. Because in the original script for Scream, which I actually read before I even saw the film, uh, the character of Billy Loomis was described as a bland Johnny Depp looking pretty boy. Which <laughs> is true. Burn on Skeet Ulrich. I know. But I was. Is it but Skeet Ulrich or Skeet Ulrich? I keep calling him Ulrich. Or is he Ulrich like Lars Ulrich? I call him Ulrich like Lars Ulrich. Just okay, I see, I see. Yeah. Out of habit. Um, mm-hmm. Could be either. But yeah, it's an interesting twist of fate, you know, like Johnny. Depp's careers in the shitter, whereas Skeet's star has is rising. Well, what is he in lately? Well, well, Riverdale. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah. Who's, he's in one of the parents on Riverdale, I'm assuming. I believe so. It'd be hilarious if he was still one of the sexy teens. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, I would just love if there was like some behind the scenes footage of like Skeet Ulrich on the set of Riverdale just watching like Entertainment Tonight's story of like Johnny Depp being accused of domestic abuse and him just chuckling to himself, who's laughing now? Huh? <laughs> who's laughing now? I'm Skeet Ulrich. Um, Nev Campbell only began appearing in American films the year before with 1995's The Craft. Canada's Canada Zone. The Craft was, I think, the same year as Scream. Um, it, it was shot, the, it was actually... It was around the same time, yeah. I think it was maybe start of the year or and maybe then, the well, summer. Well, Party of Five was around this time. Exactly, that also started in 1995. But the first jo- American job she ever booked was the film The Craft. She just started appearing in TV seri- in the TV series Party of Five in the same year. Um, and before this, she was known for acting in her native Canada in the television show Catwalk on YTV. YTV. Which I love that that show was a dystopian fashion, fashion model, model <laughs> drama. Yeah. I love Canadian TV. I love, we were so good with it. they put in a warehouse. Yeah, yep. yeah. It was a dystopian fashion model show. Um, and I love how like our children's series at the time in the early 90s in Canada was also like, do you remember the show The Odyssey? Vaguely. Which was a CBC uh, young adult dystopian, like a, a kid falls into a coma and then he goes into this dystopian world where kids rule the world and adults don't exist. It's a fun show. Look wow. it up. Is that the one where they like travel around on a carpet or something? No. No, that's something else. That's some, I don't know that movie or show. Um, she had only made small appearances before this in some American shows and most notably Kids in the Hall in Canada. David Arquette plays Deputy Dewey who was originally supposed to die in the film, but Wes Craven and the producers of the film grew so fond of his performance that they actually filmed that brief scene where he gets carried off in an ambulance. Um, Arquette would later go on to appear in many films, including Eight-Legged Freaks, which is grammatically incorrect because that actually means eight freaks with legs as opposed to spiders, which have eight legs, um, and Ready to Rumble. He gained infamy late last year in 2018 when he attempted to really fight professional wrestler Nick f***ing Gage during a Whoa. death death a match rare, a rare gram swear on the pod i gotta listeners, show i gotta listeners. show respect to to gage um <laughs> it was during a death match they were having in los angeles wherein david arquette mistimed a light tube spot and got cut on the neck 
He then threw shards of broken glass at Nick Gage and attempted to choke Nick Cage before Nick Cage shut him the f*** down and pinned him for the win. But, uh, uh, yeah, David Arquette. Uh, this oh, yeah, is, he, former uh, WCW. Here, so, uh, you got to fill, fill the gaps. <laughs> former WCW World Heavyweight Champion David Arquette. David Arquette, who, uh, I guess, uh, a romance, uh, love mm-hmm. blossomed on set of this film because uh, exactly. Courtney this is Cox later Courtney. became <laughs> Courtney Cox Arquette. She's now back to Courtney Cox. But, yep. um, she was, one of, the, of course, one of the stars of Friends that started that year, and yep. she would later go on to star in the film Cougar Town. The um, show Cougar Town. I yes. The film. Sorry, the Her show. Her uh, film career... Consisted mostly of Scream movies, I think. There was mostly a, Scream, and then she would occasionally make random appearances. Like she was yeah, Adam she was Sandler's lead. girlfriend like, in yeah. for a scene in the show in the movie uh, The Longest Yard, his remake of the uh, Burt Reynolds film. That's right, I remember that. And this was like the first big movie she was in after Ace Ventura: Pet Detective. Right, right, right. That's yes. her other big uh, mm-hmm. film role. Of course, she made her stunning debut in the Bruce Springsteen music video for Dancing in the Dark, where she was pulled on stage, although it was all set up in advance, to dance with Bruce Springsteen. She was cast in advance. Um, so they would uh, later... So David Arquette and Courtney Cox would later marry, and then later divorce after this film. Yeah, David Arquette, uh, best known for like going on talk shows, wearing mm-hmm. elaborate costumes. Remember him when he would do that? And, and yeah. they, they were never funny. Like The problem with them was always that they were not mm-hmm. funny. Uh, and but he, he would also, always do it. Yeah, yeah, he would always do it, and now he currently is working as an independent professional wrestler. I mean, good for him. He's actually, he's actually still not, entertaining, still trying he's to... He's actually not bad as a professional wrestler. Staying in shape, you know, uh, being mm-hmm. a professional wrestler will force that upon you. Yeah, he has he has gotten himself into some pretty decent shape, and his matches aren't that bad, although he really kind of, like, crossed the line when he um, he decided to get real with Nick Gage, and then Nick Gage, of course, showed him who's the man. I, I bet Courtney Cox mm-hmm. misses him now. <laughs> Yeah, um, <laughs> she's just watching death matches. Yeah, uh-huh, so, he's the one that got him yeah. wistfully. Yeah. Oh man, that guy wrestling <laughs> in a bar in in San Bernardino, California. He's, what was I thinking? Mm-hmm. The infamous ghost face mask worn by the killers in all four Scream films was actually difficult to settle on. They originally found the mask while they were location scouting for the film in the home of a mask collector. Um, originally, Miramax didn't want to pay to license the mask, and I mean, they didn't even want to reach out to the company that made the mask to ask if they could license it. Um, so while filming the, the movie, Wes Craven actually slipped the stuntman in the Ghostface costume, the original mask they found in the house, and so they wore it in a scene so that the Weinstein, Weinsteins would be forced to get permission to use it. Uh, the Weinsteins lied, so the original makers of the mask was called Fun World, and, or were called Fun, Fun World, and the Weinsteins actually lied to them, saying that they were looking for permission to use it in a low-budget independent horror film. The owners of Fun World agreed to let the mask be used in the film in exchange for on-screen credit and one hundred dollars. Oh Jesus! The owners of Fun World would not make the same mistake in any of the sequels, which is why in the Scream TV series, which by the way, if you have not checked out the Scream TV series, they recently rebooted the Scream TV series, but the first two seasons and the Halloween special are amazing. I highly recommend. Okay. It. Um, so Rose McGowan plays the role of Tatum in the film, brother of Dewey. Oh, are we gonna get uh, to the uh, the real horror on set? We will, yeah. So this was her breakthrough role. She earlier appeared in the film in Mark L. Lester's Class of 1999, which I'm a fan of in an uncredited role. And the Doom Generation. The Doom Generation by Greg Araki and Encino Man, she also appeared in. That's right. That's right. And yes. she's in Biodome, unfortunately. Um, she oh would, yeah, Biodome. She would later Jawbreakers. Come she, yeah, she after, after this she yeah. she starred in Jawbreaker, yeah, right. and she also starred in Ready to Rumble with David Arquette, where she goes from playing his sister in Screen to playing his love interest in Ready to Rumble. 
She was one of the <laughs> Nitro <Thank> Girls. <laughs> yeah. She also appeared in Planetary and Death Proof as part of the Grindhouse film by Quentin Tarantino and Robert Rodriguez. And she was the star of the long-running television series Charmed. So, unfortunately, we can't ignore that she was also one of the first people to come forward against Harvey Weinstein, who had raped her and sexually harassed her for years. Sadly, it was her appearance in this film that put her in contact with Harvey Weinstein. Um, She spoke about her experiences in October 2017. Her coming forward inspired many other women to come forward with their experiences, creating the Me Too movement, which is currently improving professional environments in North America and making millions of people reevaluate the actions of others and themselves. So... Uh, I guess as a podcast, we can say that we support Rose McGowan in her efforts to shine a light on sexual abuse. And, oh, sure, yeah. And we hate Harvey Weinstein. Yes. And so it's it's one of those things, like, it's it's very hard to, because he produced... We're not, we're not one of those pro-Harvey Weinstein podcasts. No, no, not at all. Screw those guys. Um, <laughs> and screw Harvey Weinstein, who started, he tried to make a comeback where he's like, I'm just going to go out to a restaurant. And he got I, I shut that. down. It was, like a, it was a young actor's uh, yeah. night or something like that. And he's that. like, hey, guys, remember me? Oh, it did not go well. Well, the people who called out Harvey Weinstein got thrown out. Oh. And then the venue shut down their social media because of Of course, the really? Why do you think? Oh, because the, the people attending that got called out a horrible human being got kicked out? Yeah. yeah. Harvey Weinstein, screw him. He is over. Um... So it's it always brings up an issue of like all these films that were produced in the nineties and early two thousands that well, there's, there's that got we the like. Weinstein stink all over them, yeah. right? Like he produced a lot of movies that we like. I what know are you do? it's I it's mean, unfortunate. Um, luckily in Canada, Miramax actually was not a distributor up here. Like it was all handled through Lionsgate. So like the uh, the Blu-ray of this film that I purchased is actually um, distributed by Lionsgate. And I actually think that at this point, I think Alliance distributed at the time. At the time, yeah, but on home video, sure, yeah. Yeah. So at this point. Um, at this point, Miramax and the Weinstein Company are dead, essentially. Every now and then you see, like, a Miramax logo Sadly on something. Sadly not literally dead, but, you know. Yeah, but, but... You're getting there. Yeah. Fingers crossed, guys. Um, <laughs> so, back back to the more happy things about this movie. Both Jason Lee and Brecken Meyer auditioned for the role of film buff Randy, which eventually went to Jamie Makes Kennedy. Sense. It does make sense. Yeah. We also thought that uh, this should have been Seth Green's baby. Exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but somehow it went to Jamie Kennedy, who, uh, I guess, poor man's... Poor man Seth Green. Seth Green. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's important to note that the rules of surviving a horror movie that Randy recites in the film are actually quite wrong. Uh, as... Yes, as, as you would shout at the screen violently. <laughs> you even once flipped over the table while we the... were watching the film. Because, I mean, it, it seemed extreme. the horror genre is one of unpredictability. There can't be there's, rules. Th- well, there's going to be formulas. The the things that make individual horror movies mm-hmm. interesting is how they subvert or exactly. ignore or they, well, but, play but, by but, the but rules, the whole thing but is like in a different way. My issue is that the rules he laid out are dumb. You can't be drink or have sex, which is stupid. It's probably probably it, true of a few, few but slasher every films. Single, fri- every Friday the 13th film, the heroine, the final girl, is not a virginal like teetotaler. And the very first North American, well, at least they're not, you know, drinking and screwing on screen. I guess. Yeah, that's but it's the... but it's implied. But the, and she's I'll... more chaste. She's a little bit more uh, a demure. But uh, no, but that's bullshit. Gets... That's not true. That's well, wrong it's probably true false... of some films. Again, of, it's uh... of, of the scream films. Yes, and I hate it because here's why. Because uh, I, I think they just use the first Halloween and the first Friday the Thirteenth as frames of reference. But in that movie. Jamie Lee Curtis smokes weed and tries to get laid. But she doesn't get laid. And in Friday the 13th, the lead actress, played by Adrian King, 
gets laid in the movie and drinks and survives. This here's the thing. Here's why I hate those rules because for the 25 years since Scream put out, has come out, I've had to put up with morons quoting, "I don't like a horror movie because they're so predictable." It's you all, smart uh, all loser yokel morons. morons. No, no, no. A lot of them live in Tro- a lot of them live in Toronto as well. So scream morons. Scream. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Because they watch screen and scream and they're like, "Oh, I'm smart. I don't watch horror movies." And you screw you morons. Seriously. Uh, this happy, movie, happy, happy Thanksgiving, thank you, <laughs> Happy Halloween. Um, no, um, but seriously, no, wait, wait, wait. I am serious, and I'm dead serious because I've had to put up with this crap for 25 years as a horror fan, and every single film does not follow these rules. Few films do, except for the Scream series. Okay, but it's it's the the Scream series. It's 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 meta horror. It's kind of de- deconstructing the horror genre a little bit and stupidly playing up stereotypes and stupidly. things that are probably true of some films, but not all films. Though I think that's that's what. It, but uh, related to that, though, I was mm-hmm. wondering what you. Because I guess Cabin in the Woods would kind of be like a modern version of like this screen kind of uh, screen kind and of. And I actually, I actually think Cabin in the Woods was way smarter because. So the interesting thing about that film. So uh, what's the Hemsworth in it, Chris? Uh, well, I can't. I think it's Liam, Liam actually. No, 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 no. It, no it's, maybe it's, it's Thor. Chris. It's Thor. I, it's the I Hammer guy. I, yeah. One of the Helmsworths. When <laughs> one of the Helmsworths <laughs> in in the film, he is presented as when they get to the cabin a jock. Um, aggro dude, bro. But, but, it, but at the start of the film, he's actually a he's an not intelligent that at all. It's the, science major. It's the, just the, the weird behind the sign scenes thing that have to make him into this mold. Horror, exactly. Horror movie. But they're still talking and, about the mold, which is actually, the same but, thing but that actually, Scream talks I actually, about. But here's the thing: the Cabin in the Woods was actually written. So Drew McQueen wrote Cabin in the Woods, and it was actually, or sorry, Drew Goddard with uh, with Sam Raimi. No, yes. And it was actually intended... Sorry, not Sam Raimi, the uh, Avengers guy, Josh Whedon. It was actually intended as a criticism of horror since Scream. Because ever since Scream laid out, Here are the rules you must follow. That's that's every dumb guy. He was like, I'm going to make a horror movie. Um, that's that's the ultimate irony of the runaway success of sc- the scream effect. Is that I guess. it ruined horror for a good the decade? Second time, yeah. Well, because what did we have? We had uh, I know what you did last summer, which came Urban out. Legend, Urban Legend, Valentine. Um, a lot of the remakes, like The Hitcher and um, Valentine mm-hmm. and Hills of Eyes. Hills of Eyes, but Hills of Eyes was there, nothing there, like sure this movie. There's I still know what you did last summer. Yeah, I still yeah, know what you did. There's a few of those. There was yeah. like three of those. Films, yeah, I there? always know what you did last summer. Came out. There was four screams. There was just a whole bunch of crap that Starting came out. another Party of Five member, Jennifer Love Hewitt, in that series. Yeah, House exactly. of Wax. House of Wax. Oh, with Paris Hilton. Paris yes, Hilton. I remember that one very but anyways, well. yeah. So if if you think you're smart by quoting the rules in this film, you are Fear. not. Fear.com. Fear.com. By the way, Jamie Kennedy, he's primarily known for being an unfunny comedian whose acting career pretty much died after he starred in the sequel that no one asked for, Son of the Mask. Oh, and the Jamie Kennedy or the movie uh, Malibu's Most Wanted. Oh, Malibu's Most Wanted. Don't be hating. Think no, I didn't see that. That was I think I saw that. Yeah, that was on. uh, I was working out quite a bit. uh, Blockbuster. I I had a a rule briefly where I would just Mm -hmm. watch every uh, big film that came out. I was surviving a Jamie Kennedy movie. (laughs) (laughs) There should be a a don't watch them is the only rule you need to follow. That's that's the only rule. It's a very Mm -hmm. short film. Yeah. Um. Uh, so I would even watch a few Lindsay Lohan films and, and things like that. Just anything big that was coming out. But I think uh, Malibu's Most Wanted is where I said, uh, I don't need to see everything. 
<laughs> there was one funny moment because the whole thing is that they're all wealthy uh, people who like pretend to be gangsta. Right. It's a it's and a tired joke from the get go. There is yes. one funny moment where like the characters who are in his rich uh, gang decide, okay, we got to back him up. Everybody, bring all your gats. And so like what they show up with, like one person has a an antique musket from the Civil War because their family is wealthy. Another person has, like, a, a rocket launcher. And it's like, why is that? It's like, well, we're arms dealers in the Middle East. And then someone else has, like, a, a sword from the Middle Ages. It was, it was a minor joke that was funny. Come to think of it, though, Scream was kind of a scourge on that whole uh, aughts decade because it not yeah. only did, in, did it inspire these uh, stupid movies which followed the rules, sort of. Yeah. It also inspired it ruined a, posters. No, really posters yes, sucked it afterwards. It, the, uh, even Jason X, let's put all the actors that no one knows on this poster in for shadow no reason. and kind of like looking like brooding and yeah, like smiling and maybe. Yeah. Um but it wearing black lipstick. Mm -hmm. It also jump started the scary movie franchise, which, which led was to a, a host of sequels. Uh, and then led to a host to of date like epic movie. movie, date movie, we are Spartans, just a awful Meet the some Spartans. of the worst comedies yeah. ever ever created in exactly. film. So a pox on the house of Kevin Williamson. I'll just, <laughs> just say that right now. Um, it's but it was a, it's a smart mm -hmm. slasher. I guess it was one of the first ones. It, that, it is. It's, it's one of those things like you you. Even though that's that's it's wrong too because yeah. slashers were already smart before then. There yeah. was some examples of that, but mm -hmm. this one was the first mainstream Friday one. Friday the Thirteenth Part Six. Yeah. Well, I think the issue is that like it it became a victim of what it inspired more so than anything else. It's kind of like Halloween. And it's more... Actually, sorry. Halloween didn't really inspire the slasher craze. It was actually Friday the 13th, which everyone saw like, oh, it's a Halloween knockoff. And they're like, yeah, but look what you can do. You get some kids in the woods. You get a killer that's off screen. Even though Friday the 13th was had more... Uh, more in line with the giallo films of Italy at the time, especially Mario Bava's A Bay of Blood. Um, but with Scream, it just inspired a whole bunch of people where it's like, it's going to be like a mystery who the killer is. It's going to be more like Murder, She Wrote. Less, less weirdness, less... Um, and they all have to be ironic and the kids have to be self-aware that they're in a horror movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, which um, is what they did with... Especially what they did with uh, the aforementioned Jason Lives. Yeah. What? Because you gave a shout out to... Oh yeah, Friday 13th Part 6, which yeah. which there is self-aware. Yeah. But it did it smartly and it did it 10 years before Scream yeah. did came out in 1986 um so the voice of the killer in screen in the scream series is voiced by voice actor roger was it jackson or johnson oh like it was something like that it was roger well but i'm gonna say neither, johnson because uh, the two the two killers which i did predict and i was saying because my memory had mm -hmm. i remembered that it was definitely gonna be the boyfriend but for some reason i had david arquette in my head he was initially one of the killers in scream 2 yes I, but then they, he, but he then makes they it all the way to the, the fourth yeah. one so maybe mm -hmm. he's the killer in the fourth one i don't know um, but um, mm -hmm. driven by psychosis. Yeah, <laughs> all this twenty keeps on years happening. later, I'm going to kill these kids. Finally, yeah, <laughs> like the Tommy Jarvis mm -hmm. effect. Yeah. Or they would have do like it was. It was always me as well. I was mm -hmm. uh, uh, part of all these murders. That would actually be smarter. Yeah. Um, well, that's what they do kind of in Scream Three with a random different person. Jesus Christ! How how far did you did you make it to four with the Scream movies? Have I watched seen... all four. Okay, I watched all four. I watched all the first. Them, um, does it do the same downward trend? Because I remember no, in the the sequel, one they were like, "Here's the rules for sequels, man." Well, the thing is, um, Scream... I don't know why we're always we're doing that voice, but it's because of Matthew Lillard's over the top performance yeah, yeah, yeah. in this movie. So Scream was like, top even for Matthew Lillard. I, it's like a gangly teen performance, but just mm -hmm. so to the extreme. I remember uh, liking Scream Two. I haven't seen Scream Two in years. I'll probably watch it soon. Uh, Scream. Two, I remember liking better than Scream One. Scream Three 
was more of a, of a Scooby-Doo episode, and actually, I watched the I watched the documentary still screaming, and everyone involved, like even the screenwriters, like it kind of de- definitely becomes a, a Scooby-Doo movie because like who's the killer on the Hollywood movie set? So he rips the mask off, yeah. And they literally the mask gets ripped off, and it's like, it's oh awesome. my god, it was the director all along, <laughs> who's secretly the half brother of Sidney Prescott, who's taking revenge, and apparently he was involved in the murder of Sidney's mother before the first movie started, which was well, a lots of slash thing. movies of Scooby-Doo endings. But, no! Like, which ones? Other than, uh, Friday the 13th, which- Oh, it's Mrs. Voorhees! The Prowler had a toy out of Scooby-Doo endings. Sure. I like the Prowler. I like I'm not, the Prowler, I'm not, too. I'm not dunking on it. I like it, too, but you're but just- it's a Scooby-Doo ending. But don't ruin my- my- don't harsh my vibe, man. Sorry. Um, <laughs> uh, what else? Oh, yeah, so Robert Johnson, the voice of the- of the- the voice, because they actually thought- a lot of people still think that it was a voice changer that was used. It actually wasn't. It was Roger Johnson. So he was a professional voice actor. and He's so sleazebag. It's actually incredibly difficult to find In a, world. <laughs> an image of him. Because he specifically decided not to let any cast members see him. And that even to this day, like through Scream 1, 2, 3, and 4, none of the cast members have actually seen oh, an image of him. Oh, he does the voice for all four. For all four. And even when he's being interviewed, he, does, he never gets interviewed on camera. It's always his voice over that's the phone. That's a bit, uh, just phone interviews. It's <laughs> a, I, bit, a bit of an affectation, a bit, a bit, a bit much. I kind of like it, though. And so the interesting thing is that while he's a professional voice actor, the role of the killer is the only role he's had where he doesn't have to change his voice. When you hear a interview with him, it's you hear that voice. Um, it's pretty freaky. So yeah, it's the asshole, asshole sex perv type voice. Is kind of where I would the put asshole it. sex perv. Asshole. Yeah, he wears a lot of um, axe body spray. Um, so we, we've talked about Matthew Lillard quite a bit, but he plays the character of Stu, who is Billy's partner in crime. Uh, he's best known for this film as well as his only lead fil- role in any film, SLC Punk. He also appeared in the remake of 13 Ghosts, and he's recently returned to prominence in David Lynch's Twin Peaks The Return. And he was Shaggy. Shaggy in the Scooby-Doo films. Yeah. Um, It's little known, but despite his character dying in the first film, he actually has a secret cameo in Scream 2. So there's a a college party scene, and Matthew Lillard was close by filming a different project, and Wes Craven was like, "Just, just, just sit in the background. And oh, it's, it's it funny. wasn't until, like, I think it was, like, almost 10 years after the film came out that people realized, holy crap, Matthew Lillard is in the background because he's a little out of focus. He's right behind Portia de Rossi. Um, it's, uh, yeah, it's it's interesting and a little, a little nod. Also, Linda Blair has a cameo in this film I as a reporter. I think she's, like, uncredited. Yeah, it's just a little wink and a nod to the audience as well as Wes Craven himself appears as, as, yeah. as the janitor Fred. known as Fred who wears a certain red and green swipes, striped sweater and, sweater, and, and, and a, a fedora. Hat. He's wearing a yeah. hat in the, in the school. Yeah. Very yeah. fake looking mustache. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's awesome. Um, so moving on to the production of the film, it was initially set to be filmed. Um, all the school scenes were going to f- be filmed at Santa Rosa High School in California. However, the school board interpreted the plot of the film to both celebrate and encourage violence towards children, so the producers had to find a different school to film in. Uh, it's interesting to note that the teachers at Santa Rosa High were actually in favor of having the Scream film filmed there after they had heard that the principal in the film gets murdered. At the time... Uh, Henry Winkler. Yep. At the time, the Santa Rosa teachers were in a battle over the curriculum um, with the principal at that school, ha! and they actually used not having the film filmed there as a bargaining chip to, uh, to improve the curriculum. Um, the film was edited by Patrick Lussier, uh, who is a Canadian. He also edited the Wes Craven films Vampire in Brooklyn, New Nightmare, Red Eye, 
Um, and he recently served as a creative consultant on Mission Impossible Rogue Nation. He went on to become a director in his own right on the films Dracula 2000, My Bloody Valentine 3D, Drive Angry 3D, and this year's film Trick. Drive Angry with uh, Nick Nicolas Cage. Cage. Yeah. Um, and he was also the editor on all four Scream films as well. Um, even after he became a director, he came back just to give it that type. By the way, the editing in this film was pretty pretty stellar. Um, he was initially hired before David Gordon Green and Danny McBride came on board. He was hired to direct and produce the third film in the Rob Zombie Halloween series, which never got made, which was called Halloween 3D. Which was the intent... Well, you gotta make it 3D. Yeah, the intent of the film was actually to change the character of Michael Myers from Rob Zombie's characterization as like a hillbilly dirtbag into the classic shape of John Carpenter's Halloween. Um, the film was submitted nine times to the Motion Picture Association of America before it re- received an R rating. One of the things that took the longest time to clear in order to get an R rating was the line said by Billy Loomis in the film, movies don't make people commit murder, they just make murder- murderers more creative. They were able to get this line cleared when Bob Weinstein convinced the MPAA that Scream was actually not a horror film, but a comedy, and they just didn't get the jokes. True story. <laughs> um, the film's special effects were handled by the KMB Effects Group. KMB is made up of special effects artists who began their careers working under Tom Savini on George Romero's Day of the Dead in 1985. Um, they would go on to take the lead uh, for special effects on the films Evil Dead 2 and Army of Darkness for Sam Raimi. In 1991, they took on a low-paying job for a small independent film by a first-time director named Quentin Tarantino. That film was Reservoir Dogs. They've since gone on to work with Quentin Tarantino on all of his films. Um, Greg Nicotero, who is the N in KNB, went on to become the executive producer on the TV series The Walking Dead. He would direct many episodes and was the lead creative force during the show's most successful seasons. This has actually led him to recently mount a very successful TV adaptation of George Romero's Creep Show on the streaming service Shudder. Oh, yeah, I heard about that. It's quite good. It's yeah. fun. I mean, like, certain episodes, like, the good thing is, like, no story is, like, half an hour long. Like, there's, like, maybe ten or five minutes. There's a really good uh, short called um, House of the Head, which is about a young girl with a dollhouse who one day she wakes up to find there's a tiny zombie head inside of it. And the the zombie head is actually, like, haunting the family of dolls in it. And so then she gets a doll of a of a policeman and she's like oh the policeman will find it but the she later on finds the policeman doll beheaded Jesus she then gets the a doll she's looking for like a doll of a priest or someone to exercise the house so she gets the doll of a Native American and the Native American is trying to also rid the house it's really well done because every time she would like close the door to the dollhouse and then open up again the family would be in a different thing anyways really really good um rob schraub the creator of schraub come on it's, a, it's his real name <laughs> the creator of scud the disposable assassin he actually directed an episode called i forget it was something like bad wolf down or something about uh it's set during world war ii when a group of al- like a small uh, group of allied soldiers are hiding in a german uh, police station where they find a young woman who has locked herself in the cell and begs them to kill her so that with their with a silver dagger that they have so that she cannot become a werewolf so instead they use her blood to infect them with as to become werewolves to actually fight nazis it's pretty good um so finally i know i've been reading a lot of stu- information on this film we all know the plot of this movie scream was released yeah. on december 20th 1996 a move that variety predicted would make the film dead on arrival it opened to only six million dollars um and it was thought that the film would be out of theaters quickly instead word about spread and its second week did better than its first it's 
third week did better than its second, and its fourth week did better than its third, and so on and so on. It actually stayed in theaters from December of 1996 till until May of 1997. Um, Scream 2 actually went into production while the, f- the first film was still in theaters. It was a very long rollout. Um, one last thing I do want to point out. Um, there was always an intention by the Weinstein Company or by Miramax to release an unrated version to home video. However, because at the time Miramax was owned by the Disney Corporation, they have a policy that they cannot release films that are rated NC-17 or unrated in any format. So therefore, the unrated NC-17 or NC-17 version of Scream has never been released and will never be released, sadly. I'm interested. You, you yeah. mentioned that um, the the intro scene where Drew Barrymore gets killed and then she's hung from a tree, and mm-hmm. then there's this weird like dolly up that's really... It's a very sped up dolly. Yeah, which is kind of like of the time of the mm-hmm. filmmaking. It's like... Yeah, it, it fit in with the aesthetics of the 90s. But you were saying... It was actually done because in the long dolly up, we got to we actually saw Drew Barrymore's intestines hanging out of her body, and it was a much more gruesome scene, and she, there was also some indication that she might be still alive while, while hanging from a We'd tree. We'd already seen some intestines. But, but it was a quick flash, and they actually like that they edited around by like shortening how much how long the camera lingered on the intestines in the edit so they sped up the drew barrymore scene to avoid getting an nc-17 i love that intestines are one of those things that just like oh no intestines blood yes intestines actually blood they have issues with too like if you notice in in evil dead 2 the blood is almost is different colors at certain points because the mpa has issues with red blood so occasionally the blood would be black or purple or yellow in evil dead 2 and that's how they're trying to, me, to... to be honest with you who's bleeding purple blood I'm i know out. I'm just... mm-hmm. last time i went to give blood it came out purple and the doctor said i should see someone i i, I didn't imagine a, an exorcist i'm just kidding <laughs> i don't give blood Grimace probably bleeds purple yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, that psycho monster. So the plot of Scream... Yeah, I, it's everybody to, knows the know. plot of Scream. I, mean, I think it's more interesting to look at it as a 90s... Not artifact, because I hate to say that, because it just makes me feel old. I just... I wonder if teenagers from today would even be able to understand the film, because part of what made the film so novel and unique in its time is that the killers utilized cell phone technology. Mm-hmm. And this was also before the time when everybody had color ID on their phones. So it was like... Phones didn't have screens at the time. Like, if you picked up your phone at home, it would just be a dial tone or someone on the other line. Um, The film also kind of taps into 90s. It's the Internet Man. Cordless landlines, yeah, dial-up Internet. When Sidney Prescott, um, during her first attack in her house calls 911 through the internet or she emails I guess internet. she I think it's through she like instant messages I guess or I was going to say is it a bulletin board where she like somebody call 911 I'm being well, attacked they had, they had forms mm-hmm. of um, uh, this is before Police, ICQ yeah. obviously mm-hmm. but still they had forms of direct bulletin board systems yeah yeah, yeah. So I guess she used that to contact the police. Like the yeah. And they had a good response time from that bulletin board system. It wasn't just some guy. They got somebody sitting yeah. there. Mm-hmm, just being like oh my god. This was like Al Gore's internet. There's a yeah. murder <laughs> happening. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it influenced so much of the 90s. It became, not just in terms of films, but it also brought back the teen film in a way because this was the first film that got teenagers to really flock and like repeatedly see a movie and then buy a movie on VHS. Like, this is what kind of birthed American Pie and Can't Hardly um, Wait. Can't Wait. Yeah. And interestingly enough, like we all kind of pointed out like early on in the film, like this is like proto-Dawson's Creek. So I wonder if Kevin Williamson pitched Dawson's Creek, which began production before Scream 2 went into production, by saying it'll be like Scream, but without the murder. Which, you know, that's a yeah. good pitch. 
exactly. Well, Dawson's Creek is, is in a lot of ways about the horrors of adolescence and growing uh, up. It is horrors of youth. Probably could have used some murders though. Spiced it up a little bit. They had get, a couple good. Pacey off in season The interesting two. thing is that they had. I think I discussed it on an earlier episode. Maybe <laughs> I could have. They had a good Halloween episode. And on top of it, in in the final seasons, Dawson becomes a PA on horror films in Los Angeles. So, yeah, it really... So he doesn't fulfill mm-hmm. his dream of becoming the next Spielberg. Uh, no. Uh, he's getting there. He's a PA on horror films. But, and there. then he directs an indie film based on his times of growing up in a, on a creek in uh, New England or Is New Hampshire. black and white with... Uh... No, it was shot on video. Because it was the early 2000s at that time, bro. Um, but I... Um, yeah, I mean, Scream, I got a whole bunch of, like, I don't want to say nostalgia, but just sadness for, like, oh, I remember. Like, it, it brought my youth rushing back to me in a way. The old, uh, as I said, I saw this movie a lot at, like, parties yeah. and stuff, and it was that kind of film that you would just put on. It I was mean, ubiquitous. It was like, everyone knew it, everyone saw it. Faces of Death movies that they put on at other parties. This is, uh... Yeah, I don't want to go to the Faces of Death parties. <laughs> as a boy, those like to play. Wow. What kind of parties do you be going to? It's the bad ones. Yeah. But, did uh, I tell you about... Cannibal Holocaust Did I tell you about in, in university... I, I went to a couple parties hosted by some friends of mine, and they're like, oh, bring a movie to put on. You have some cool movies. So I brought Evil Dead the first time, and everyone's like, oh, that was a cool movie because some people hadn't seen it before. And so at the the second party that they hosted, they invited me to, they're like, bring another crazy movie. So I brought Itchy the Killer, oh. cleared the room out, oh, and then I passed it on the couch, and I woke up the next day, and one of the guy, the guy who threw the party, his girlfriend was there, and she's like, why did you watch that movie? Why do you like that movie? And I was like, I don't even know if I like it. It's just they told me to bring a weird movie, so I brought it. <laughs> what is wrong with you? It pretty much is what I got. Um, I mean, Scream is it, it, it's ubiquitous for its time. I, I, it's almost impossible to describe like how much of a cultural impact it had in the late in the mid '90s. It is definitely like the first film for sure is a definitely like the '90s got rough from like 98 to 99 uh the, oh, yeah. the rise of rap metal the alternative music scene just died sadly ska fell out of favor which i'm kind of okay with it'll rise again yeah they're bringing the horn fourth wave fourth wave ska. fourth wave ska fourth <laughs> wave let's do they're it breaking the horns out um yeah and it, it, it just was like it was kind of an encapsulation <laughs> like the soundtrack had nick cave on it it had republica it had a slowed down acoustic cover of don't for the reaper it had a cover of the 80s film or the 80s song what was it whisper to a scream whisper to a scream who did the original version the icicle works i want to say and whisper to a scream is actually the title of a vincent price film Rose McGowan's character is a big fan of the Indigo Girls. Mm-hmm. She hasn't. Uh, I thought it was Nev Campbell. That was Nev Campbell. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, oh, was, yeah. We never did figure out who that uh, hunky guy. Random on Rose guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nightside table. Mm-hmm. Um, Rose McGowan was probably one of the. Uh, yeah, it was by the Ice Hole Works. Rose McGowan has some of the most '90s costume changes in the film, like her red pants and the the football jersey that really wasn't a football jersey. She has that dress that's mm-hmm. like um, one of those acid uh, Grateful Dead posters that were also pretty yeah, popular. Yeah, on her skirt. Um, we should also point it's out... It was like those like Russ Meyer uh, transition scenes with like a go-go mm-hmm. dancer like dancing in front of like... This, like I think that's, that's more hee-haw than Russ Meyer. Okay. No, no. But uh, the other interesting... So something I didn't bring up, which I just remember now. So Rose McGowan in this film, it's the one film where she's blonde. She's mostly yeah. a brunette. So the reason being is because... Uh, Nev Campbell was a brunette and the producers of the film this is how weird Hollywood was at the time and I'll also say sexist was like you can't have two brunette brunettes be friend in a movie it doesn't make any sense 
So they actually like were like you won't be able to tell them apart. Exactly. It's like why would two brunettes be hanging out together? So let's make one blonde. So yeah. that's why she's blonde in the film. Yeah, I'm sure if they cast Alicia Witt as Sydney, then mm -hmm. Rose McGowan would have been a brunette. Yeah. Then you would have had a redhead, yeah. yeah. Exactly. Although Alicia Witt would have been a good uh, Tatum if they didn't yeah, get that's true. Down. Interesting. Um, the other thing, too, is that actually at the time, redheads in the 90s were having a hard time. Whit Stillman himself said that, like, um, when he made Metropolitan in 1990, a lot of people were like, oh, it's such a brave choice that you had a redhead be the lead. And he was <laughs> like, what? Because it was a redhead dude. And they were like, oh, redheads are not a thing anymore in movies. Yeah, this is why David Caruso's mm -hmm. career never took off. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Hubris of leading NYPD boy. Mm -hmm. I am too big for you. Sir, you have red hair. You are done in what Hollywood. Was that one movie, Kiss of Death? Jude? Yeah, yeah. yeah. What was the other Jade. one? Jade. Jade. Jade, yeah. Jade. Jude is the one based on Jude the Obscure. With that Kate Winslet on that, yes. Over my head. Speaking of redheads, uh, um, yeah, but, uh, I mean, so but yeah, but yeah, like the redhead dude from Metropolitan, he became a priest or some uh, member of the mm -hmm. clergy after that movie. Interesting. Um, so back to to Scream, yeah, like I mean, there, there's certain there's it's red herring city. Is it Dewey that's the killer? Is it the boyfriend that's the killer? Is it Randy the film geek that's the killer? Slash Is video it, store clerk. Slash video store clerk. Yeah. Is it Matthew Lillard who's the killer? Is it um, her Sydney's father? And also, they point out the so fact it could be the principal mm -hmm. at one point because they do make a little thing yeah. where he's like he's with the scissors yeah. there. You're like, wait and a so minute! So it's like, wait, is he killing his own kids? Turns out this 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 principal is actually super sensitive. He's like, because like over the PA says like, I just want you to know your principal loves you and I want you to be safe. Please travel home in pairs of, in groups of twos or more. Like, don't go out after the dark. Please, like, if you're going somewhere, let ev let people. So technology has failed us yet again. I apologize for that interruption. The batteries in our recorder died. Um, we were talking about the principal. So at a certain point, even the principal becomes a red herring. Like he holds up some pretty sharp scissors to some students' throats and he actually expels them because he cares so much. He's like, how dare you do this when your student has died? And then he himself dies. Um, He's also very hands-on with the students. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, hands-on, yeah. Just puts, puts his yeah, that was, it was very, it was, it was, <laughs> I don't want to say that, but it was the 90s, brah. And it was awkward as hell because there was some point where like Sydney's in his office sitting down and he's just like, you could tell because because well, she's being interviewed by the police, by the police because the Drew Barrymore's character had died, died. and also, also her her mother died a year before almost yeah. to the week. And also, we should point out that like I have a feeling like uh, Henry Winkler does a lot of theater where like where like I'm sure he he plays like the father of some 17th century lady or something, and where he like touches women's chins a lot. But like he does this thing in the movie where like he reaches out and touches Sydney's like Nev Campbell's just, chin, just cups her head with his hand, and it's icky and weird and bad and don't do that Henry Winkler between that mm -hmm. Adam Sandler movies yeah yeah exactly um I mean it's interesting do we have any comments on so the characters of, of there there is some controversy around the film besides the whole uh, Rose McGowan Harvey Weinstein situation the film was blamed for a lot of murders that happened afterwards of like teenagers stabbing other teenagers I vaguely remember this but they always were, do that yeah there, there they, was they like, do that with all slasher films they do yeah. that with video games mm -hmm. and it's dumb and it's not true and it's because it's easier to go after movies than just to go after the gun lobby or to go after like uh, social services like why wasn't the student counseled or why wasn't the parent watching them or why wasn't a social worker or teacher like inter like seeing the signs and actually doing something so it's much easier to be like well it's violent movies to do it uh, those are the same people that complain that horror I movies are formulaic. Tell, I can yeah. tell. Same it's jerks. Making, it's made a comeback this year those violent video games. I know which is just 
dumb. Remember the uh, the they kept on talking about the knockout game mm-hmm. that was happening. Remember that? What's the knockout game? Oh, it was just it wasn't actually a thing that was happening, but mm-hmm. uh, people blamed it on Grand Theft Auto for some reason. It would just oh, be like course. you run up to a, stra- a bunch of kids will get oh together. happy slapping, and then you run up to a stranger and, and you knock hit- them out, you punch them in the back of the head, and you run yep. away. It, and it was like called, this is very dangerous. It was called happy uh, slapping in the UK. Died. Yeah, I think it happened like somebody got assaulted it happened randomly like twice, <laughs> and they were like they blamed teenagers, and then it turned out to be like a fifty-year-old man that did it or something. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's it's so like even Columbine got kind of blamed on this. Like actually, when they were in production on Scream Three, Columbine happened, which forced them to change the entire script of Scream well, they Three. They were blaming uh, Marilyn Manson for that too. And Doom, <laughs> the video game Doom. Speaking of Rose McGowan, yeah. Oh, oh yeah, God, she did. Yeah, it. she yeah, dated that him was, for a while. Which was probably right after the Harvey Weinstein so assault. Did, so, so. Did, um, uh, oh, the younger girl. Uh, Dita Von Teese dated him as well briefly. Evan Rachel Wood. Evan yes, Rachel Wood. Yeah, right around, Westworld, the, yeah. right around the time she did the wrestler, she was dating Marilyn Manson. That's awful and bad. Um, <laughs> not anymore. Um, so, I don't know. Uh, Scream it. Like the plot, everyone kind of knows it. Teenagers die. We, we've talked around it quite a bit. It's it's the meta horror. It's, yeah. it's also I think there's a bunch I of actually, like meta movies after that too. It became kind of everything a thing. became meta. I do I do think that like Scream Especially Two Urban Legends. I kind of yeah. like Scream Two a bit better. I do want to watch Urban Legends again. I remember watching liking Scream Two better as well. I think it was much more visceral, much more, much more like it poked. Like it, it kind of like made spoiler alert. Randy dies in Scream Two. It kind of made it seem like anything is possible. Coming. I still think that <laughs> that Scream Four should have started with Nev Campbell dying. Wait, who is Randy again? Jamie Kennedy. The ah. video, the film geek, the guy that lied about all the rules to horror movies. Which is not true. <laughs> so he got his come up. It sticks in my craw, yeah. Actually killed by Graham in the film. <laughs> <laughs> this is why it's Graham's favorite scream movie. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Do we, I mean, at the end, end of it, it's her boyfriend and it's her friend. And their, their reasons for doing it are Stu, initially, Stu thinks that they're just doing it because they're psychos, whereas Billy has the uh, p- reason to commit these murders because Sydney's mother slept with her f- with his father, which caused his mother to leave them. Well, which, there's all sorts of little motives. Yeah. I mean, which you, then opens up with Scream Two when you, his you, mother comes back as the killer. Right. You heard mm-hmm. that um, uh, earlier on. Uh, Drew Barrymore had been dating one of them. I think it was the Matthew Lillard yeah. character. The yeah. Matthew Lillard character. And he was like, "Oh no, guys, show I broke up with her." But For obviously, like a second. so there was motive there as well. They they just hate women and stuff. Basically, is what it comes down to. And another thing which you notice when you're watching the films. Uh, it's my first time really sitting mm-hmm. down. Is that they're dipshits and not very good at this. Well, that's that was the thing that kind of pointed out that the killer yeah, was. They keep getting their asses mm-hmm. kicked. <laughs> they keep on like they uh, trip over their friggin' because, stupid uh, too long costume the at cost, one point. The, the, and... their, their killer costume that they wear to conceal their identity is very awkward. Like I actually had an official scream mask. It was kind of hard to see out of. Um, By the way, did look... Ghostface Kill ever do a cameo in one of these films? No, I don't think so. Oh, that's too no. bad. Missed opportunity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, the bus bus rhymes cameo would have been mm-hmm. some good uh, stunt casting. Oh, there you go. So. I mean, is there anything else to discuss with it? Like, I mean, at the end of the day, like, Sydney survives. They do have a plan, the whole, like, this is when the killer comes back for one last scare. Billy Loomis jumps up. Sydney shoots him in the head. I, um, I like that I was all half right about my predictions, but also I'd seen the film and I was using my And you memory, forgot so about I was, it, yeah. I was cheating. I, but I definitely I remembered sure, the boyfriend came back and that he wasn't actually dead. I for sure thought you totally forgot, so I was like, oh, he's going to be so surprised no, when he no. turns out to be the killer. I, I knew for sure that the boyfriend was. Yeah. Um, but I... I really thought it was David Arquette for a while uh, mm-hmm. and then I was like no I guess it is Matthew Lillard that's right and then yeah. his over the top performance which is just 
Nick Cage esque, mm-hmm. just haywire at times. Oh yeah, he's 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 all spittle and overacting. <laughs> Oh um, and then our our good friend, uh, another cameo uh, by mm-hmm. our friend Dutch Angles is in the uh, yeah. It was there. It was it was Dutch. He was Ang- in a lot of '90s film though. Good old Dutch Angle. Um, <laughs> du- uh, he wasn't in Scream Two as much though. No, uh, is that no. true? Um, from what I recall, it was much more uh, uh, level uh, angles, <laughs> level than, angles than Dutch Angles in the in Scream Two. Um, it's weird though because Courtney Cox and, and the guy David who plays Arquette, Dan on Deadwood. Yeah, he was in this film too. He uh, W E B no something. He also played tying it into. Um, <laughs> he also fall. He, He's he, got an initial first name. W Earl Brown. Thank you. W Earl Brown. He uh, he actually went on after this film uh, in 1997. Appeared in another sleeper hit film. There's something about Mary where he played um, Cameron Diaz's um, mentally right. disabled brother. Oh yeah, when they were making those mm. jokes. Yeah, yeah. and. Um, he also it also should be pointed out like he was only like a year or two older than the rest of the teen gang in this movie so like they would all hang out together like, on weekends and nights and everyone would kind of assume he was like their chaperone or their uncle and uh well, we were saying what uh skeet 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 mm. he looks like there, a so. solid 30 years old yeah, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. he uh yeah it's uh he also so in the movie within a movie in scream 2 called stab Matthew Lillard, or sorry, Matthew Lillard, uh, Skeet Ulrich's character is played by Luke Wilson. Nev Campbell's character is played by Tori Spelling. And uh, Drew Barrymore's character is played by Heather Graham in the opening scenes. Um, I'm a big fan of Heather Graham, especially her last name. She'd be uh, more of a lock for the uh, Rose McGowan character, you'd think. You'd think so, but uh, they don't show that character. And then it's it's David Schwimmer allegedly plays uh, Deputy Dewey in the film. And if they remade it now, you could get Amanda Siegfried there to do it. Siegfried, yeah, totally, yeah. yeah. Aren't they watching Stab at the beginning of Scream Two? They like, are, Jada yeah. They're going. They're at the premiere. Uh, Omar Epps. and Omar Epps. Yeah, they're the Jada Pinkett Smith and Omar Epps are the um, the fake out kills at the start of, of Scream Two. They're also meant to show that, unlike the first Scream. There will be some ethnic diversity in this movie. Yeah, there is not much in this. In fact, mm-hmm. not any. There is we'll kill one the of the black reporters. People off first. Mm-hmm. Oh, one of the reporters. That's correct. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's funny in Scream Two. There's this great scene where the cameraman, uh, Gail, the uh, Courtney Cox character. Forgot all about that rule of horror movies is the. Uh, but that's bullshit, though, because black people live to the ends of horror movies many times. Night of the Living Dead. Boom. Yes, that's the one yeah. exception. Everyone says I that's the one. movie with LL Cool J. LL it's cool a Day of the Living Dead, though, too. Day of the Dawn, Dead. Dawn of the Day Dead, of the Dead, Dawn of the Dead. Uh, but he was supposed to get it in those films. Not in Day of the Dead. Um, also, there were many other characters, too. Ganja and Hess, he lives to the end. Blackula, many black characters. Well, there are the always end. exceptions to the rules. Uh, but I'm but proving that the rules do not exist, Kit. I'm just saying there's conventions and uh, tendencies. Which are probably more it's, common I, than I the exceptions. I would actually think it's it's. I could see that. Pre, it's it's, uh, it's actually pre, like. It's not like the guys who are writing this film are not aware of horror movies and I, are not fans of horror movies as I well. I don't think that. I don't think Kevin Williamson actually is a fan of horror movies because none of the other horror films he's written have ever done well. It's uh, just I think he was in the right place at the right time with the right concept for a script. And had Wes Craven. And he had Wes Craven directed because like there were certain scenes like the scene where Sydney is freaking out in the uh, the the girls' bathroom in the high school. And we see foot, like, basically like that there's someone in a ghost face costume in the bathroom with her. Even before the ghost face character shows up, it is a masterclass in shooting tension. Like, we see, like, you know, the underneath of the, of the bathroom stalls, and we don't see anyone down there, but we see, we hear a noise, and then we see 
Nev Campbell react. And then we see her drop down to try and look. And then we finally see that foot step down off the toilet. And oh my God, it's a guy in a, in a ghost mask, co- ghost face costume. Of course, they were setting us up. Remember uh, earlier that there was like this music stinger kind of thing when she opens a cupboard. Yeah. And there's nothing. <laughs> nothing happens. There's yeah. not even like uh, that that weird like um, scary dramatic irony where it'd be like, oh, there's a there's a reflection she doesn't see. Yeah. None of that. It's just like oh. they do do a lot of reflection scares with Henry Winkler as the principal later on. Yeah, whoa, yeah. yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and a behind-the-door scare. Yeah, yeah. Anyways, Scream, the film, the first film, is it, a touchdown. I feel like you're very divided on whether you like this film or not. No, no, I, I like this film a lot. I just feel that, like, its influence has been marred because it's been held up as, like, this is how you make a horror movie. To, like, because I remember... Again, by those same... Same jerks. Treatments, those same... Well, I remember in grade 10 in English class, vehemently defending the horror genre as not being predictable, when everyone in class turned was like, don't you know, Graham, that at the end, the killer is revealed, and after he takes his mask off, and there is a final girl, and I was like, what about Night of the Living Dead, huh? What about Evil Dead? What about Army of Darkness, huh? Huh? What about Hellraiser? What about that? I bet they didn't have anything to say to that, huh? No, because they looked at me like... You shut their stupid little mouths. What do you mean you watched a movie made before 1995? You you went, like, the people around your school and the people you talk to about horror movies are just Jerks. Awful. Yeah, I know. Except you guys. Aw. Um, so, I don't know. Is there anything else we want to say about Scream before we get into our final thoughts? Not really. Okay, so, Phil, what is your final thoughts on Scream? It, it, I kind of have mixed feelings about it nowadays. Like, mm-hmm. it doesn't... It's more of a nostalgia Definitely, watch. Definitely, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, parts of it hold up, but most of it doesn't. Like, it's, it seemed so clever when I was in grade, when I was, like, 14, when I first saw it. Mm-hmm. And now it's kind of like, eh. Those rules don't make any sense. Not even that. It's just kind of like, eh, it's, it's a movie that thinks it's more clever than it really is. I kind of agree. I still like the film, but I agree with you, yeah. Sure. Um... I find its aesthetics are quite dated, um, like the Dutch angles and like that uh, sped up dolly shot, stuff like that. It was super 90s, yeah. Yeah. Um, like the music cues are like a bit oversold. I not. Well, in the, in, the, in the climax of the film, they actually just used, so Halloween is playing on the TV in the yeah, house. Yeah, no, that's well And done. they literally use the music cues from yeah, it's, Halloween. It's, it's, well, it's, it's clever, screen, um, yeah. what, would it be diegetic music or non-diegetic? No, it would be diegetic music. What, what is it when the, when the music is in the scene and the diegetic. characters can hear it? Okay, thank yeah. you. Because so I always forget which one's which. It's almost like the, the John Carpenter scored the end of Scream, but the characters were actually hearing it while it was happening, which is actually what happened, yes. No, but like in other, in earlier scenes in the movie, like the... And the stingers, the, yeah. The stingers, it's a bit oversold. Um, mm-hmm. But in spite of that, like, there is genuine suspense in those scenes, but then once know. you have, like, the reveal, it's... Points over to the top, it just drains the tension out of the movie. Well, I feel that the ending of the film almost becomes, like, like almost like a 70s exploitation film. Like, I was getting kind sure. of vibes back to Last House on the no, Left. for sure. Or, um... Or, uh, which Craven also directed, or like I kind of joked, like Scream for Help, where it's like the killers are in the house and they're holding mm-hmm. the person hostage while horrible stuff is happening. Yeah. I guess the. But it's, it's the execution. Like, mm-hmm. I. Like, I love it conceptually, but just like mm-hmm. the execution just. just sucks the tension out of it. Cause like it. 
in like those exploitation movies, like there's the tension's there, but here it's just kind of like it's mm -hmm. it's goofy. Like I I chuckled at a few parts. Like Matthew Lillard <coughs> plays it up to the point where like it's my just, mom and dad are gonna be so mad at me. Yeah, pure pressure. He's yeah. He still becomes like the comic, uh, the yeah. comedic foil again, even while dying. And being well, a maniac. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And like Skeet Ulrich is trying his best, but he doesn't quite nail it. Mm. Yeah, he's got kind of like a, as I was saying, Tim Roth energy in this one, like a bleeding Tim Roth. In the in the end of it, yeah, like when he when he basically reveals his crazy side, he kind of goes a little Tim Rothy. Yeah, he he has a good reveal, but then like gradually, you know, like he doesn't really maintain it for too long. I find mm. interesting. And in addition, like, the movie is a little overlong. It's, it could have been, yeah, like, a, it could have been minutes, a 90. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It was, like, before credits, it was, like, an hour and 45 minutes. You could have, mm -hmm. like, taken 15 minutes out of that. Made it a solid 90? Yeah, like, the mm -hmm. whole uh, love subplot with... Um, Jamie Kennedy that went nowhere? No, not Jamie. Well, the Jamie Kennedy stuff was a bit much as well. I, I'm thinking more like the Courtney Cox and David Arquette stuff. Yeah. Entirely unnecessary. Just basically mm -hmm. giving them a reason to fall in love with each yeah. other. Yeah. Wes, Wes Craven just wanted... Uh, he's well, that was, that, was in, that was in Kevin Williamson's original script that they well, kind of like fell sure, in love. Yeah. yeah. Should have been cut, though. It was not mm -hmm. necessary. Yeah. And too many uh, fat jokes to the expense of W. Earl Brown. Who was not that big? No. He's eating a lot of Cheetos. Mm -hmm. I do think that they probably left in a lot of the Courtney Cox and David Arquette love story stuff because David Arquette survives. If I think his, if I, I think if his character actually died and stayed dead in the film, uh, in the editing, they would have cut it up because like, well, this is going nowhere. Let's just axe it, axe it, axe it. I, I think Rose McGowan stole a lot of scenes that she's in. Like she, she's, she's great in the yeah, film. Yeah, like she has like a real sassy energy, like, my, 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 which is a nice contrast yeah. to like all the like the Jamie. Jamie Kennedy and Matthew, Matthew Lillard, Lillard are totally him. mugging every scene they're in. Yeah, the dudes so in this movie kind of suck. Even even uh, David Arquette as uh, Dewey kind of sucked in this movie. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, my sister always loved how Rose McGowan did the whole after um, Nev Campbell punches Courtney Cox. is like, I'll send you a copy. Bam. Bitch goes down. <laughs> I'll send you a copy. Bam. Sydney, super bitch. You were super cool. Like She just loved that, that, that exchange. And I, I, I get it. Yeah. So is that, that it, Phil? That's basically it. I think I've covered everything. Cool. Kit, what are your final thoughts on the 1996 film Scream? Oh, or as the French pronounce it, Scram. <laughs> Le Scram. Um, uh, I was trying to consider whether I would have uh, figured out the killer uh, had I not already seen it in a past life. I'm not sure. Probably. It's, it's kind of hard. I don't, they, I don't know. I think they hint at it very hard. They hint at there's so many red Jamie hearings, Kennedy's though. character is 100% correct mm. and calls it and even says, like, oh, it's a fake out. Yeah. Uh, and he's correct. And, the and the cell phone thing mm. never gets resolved. Like, he has a... So, I don't know. It just... He has a... Clo he, they cloned... So, I were, they cloned Sydney's father's cell phone because... Uh, in earlier, there's a scene where the the police chief is smoking and David Arquette is eating ice cream, and they basically explain that Sydney's father's cell the calls that went to Sydney before she was attacked by Ghostface and the calls that went to Drew Barrymore's character before she kill was killed were from Sydney's father's cell phone. Now the interesting thing is that cell phone cloning was actually a very big issue in the late '90s, early 2000s. When I worked at for Rogers Communications, yeah, um, that was the when they started introducing GSM phones and the, and the switch was moving away from 
from the analog cell phones. And it, that is actually when cell phone cloning essentially died. Like now it's actually very difficult to clone a cell phone. I feel like that was a major plot point in the first season of The Wire as well. <laughs> Don't uh, they clone one of the pages? Yeah, yeah, they clone oh, pages. That's right, yeah. that's right. Mm-hmm. Uh, the rest of your th- final thoughts, Kip? Uh We didn't even bring it up, uh, but it is sort of related. Uh, I know your thoughts on this film, but the uh, when did the Michael Haneke, uh, the original Funny Games, come out? 97, so yeah. right after this so film. So right after. So basically response, kind yeah. of. So he saw he saw Scream, and he's like, I can do this a smarter way. He saw I don't Scream. know why I made him like a weird <laughs> Russian. <laughs> he saw Scream and said like, well, he. I don't think he got Scream. I don't think Michael Haneke actually gets horror or action films. Cause he didn't get it. Like, you made the same movie twice, literally. And he's like, he really did, yeah. Now, the Americans will love my film. I will just remake it with some American actors, and Although, they will love it. Great performances by Tim Roth and uh, Naomi Watts. Yeah, in I know. Film. No, he was like, the only reason it did not become a smash like the Scrim was because <laughs> <laughs> was because Funny Games was not in English. So I will make an English version, and it will become a hit like the Scram. Um, Although that was a it was a good film uh, for me to recommend because it is f- far more unhinged than Scream. So uh, when when uh, teenagers would be like, oh, I recommend something that's really fucked up, just like whatever. You didn't want to send them. And this is before dog. Martyrs came out, which would be my go-to mm-hmm. after that. I'd be like, here, this is this is really you want something messed up. Here you go. And occasionally you would get asked that question. Yeah. Um, uh, I, yeah, I just don't think Michael Haneke actually understands the. But it's the, it's the same kind of deconstruction uh, in a way. I will deconstruct the scram and make the best horror movie ever. <laughs> I don't understand why the films do not connect with American audiences. It's not a why bad did they film. not I, love I, Benny's I liked, video? I liked the funny games kind of. Why did they the not love Benny's video? <laughs> I enjoyed the funny games. Good. good the Michael, funny games is better than the scram. <laughs> Michael it's Pitt better had a good than the after the. <laughs> <laughs> it was very menacing. Like it was, it was well done in a in a suspense. Is it horribly better in the scram? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, what is this accent? It's, it's, Austrian. Austrian. it's Michael okay. Haneke. Right, right. Yeah, but it's like the Arnold side of the Austrian. <laughs> it's a true accent, not the fake one. This is how Michael Haneke speaks. He's, he's like ninety four years I old. I speak in third person. <laughs> I am Michael Haneke, director of Funny Games, aka the Finnish version of Scram. <laughs> And Funny Games US. And Funny Games US, a.k.a. the US version of Scram. <laughs> he didn't direct anything else. <laughs> I directed Benny's video in the 80s and no one understood it. Why do they not understood? Yeah, the White Ribbon won the uh, Palm Door. It was shit. <laughs> it wasn't I bad. hate that movie. <laughs> that was my sellout garbage. I did it for the plebs. <laughs> Just imagine the plebs watching the White Ribbon. The peeps love the white ribbon, <laughs> you fools. The yokels, you're uh I only want to make funny games part two. Electric- are so predictable. I'm gonna watch the white ribbon. That's what I mean for those are my people. Those are my people. The plebs. <laughs> a two and a half hour meditation on uh, on evil. They soaked that shit up. <laughs> Michael Henneke for the win <laughs> I am Henneke Hemi Raw. <laughs> Here comes Funny Games now in Norwegian. He could have done a sequel. Would have uh, they could have even been a bigger it, deconstruction. I did it. It's called Funnier Games. <laughs> Funnier Games. Funniest games. That's that's the uh, that's the trilogy. Yeah. I was secretly adapting America's, America's funniest, funniest home, home videos. <laughs> More yeah. funny games. Mm-hmm. I love I love our new character Michael Haneke. Yeah, he's he's gonna come in and review some films. <laughs> Just sit there, not like anything. Um, any other final thoughts, Kit? 
Ah, uh, that's it. It was uh, fun to watch. Uh, it was fun to watch. Yeah. Fun seeing all those young, uh, young. Uh, Leaf Schreiber uh, pops up in this yep. one too. He actually appeared um, in it uh, solely as a favor to Bob Weinstein because Bob Weinstein cast him in uh, what movie was it? Phantoms or something? Oh yeah, that was like right after. Yeah, so he, he was like, he was like, I'll put you in this mo- in my movie Phantoms, but you have to like just be on screen. You have to do like one day of work on this movie I'm doing called Scream. Well, dude also had like a speaking part in Scream too. He well, he had a he yeah he became an a character role, in Scream, yeah. an actual role. He was actually a big part of the plot of Scream two, and then he actually uh, was killed off in the opening of Scream three. That's right. I now I remember. In fact, when I was a a a boy in Nova Scotia, just moving there and getting the internet, um, I read the script for the first Scream before I saw the film. And then I also read the script for Scream two, and the script for Scream two that Very I read. Way funner when you read the script ahead of the movie. <laughs> yeah, it took three weeks to download. <laughs> when I when I when I read the script for Scream two, the original and the ending of the script, the version I got because there was a thousand different scripts for Scream two, had Sidney Prescott and Cotton Wary killing off the killers together. And then deciding to kill one each other, so they die. They actually the film ends with them stabbing each other to death. That wouldn't make any sense from a character motivation standpoint. I, know. I guess she's depressed. Thirteen-year-old but... Graham was very confused by all this. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's so what, that's what Michael Haneke would have done. It's the best ending ever. Haneke. Um, uh, my final thoughts. I enjoyed watching it again. I mean, I, I have some problems with what the film wrought. I, I didn't mind the Dutch angles. It's kind of like new and, oh, that's kind of different, and we don't really see it anymore. It's it, like the, it's the new metal of angles. Yeah. It was yeah. it was, uh, it was was great to just hear. I, I always love hearing mid-'90s stuff because whenever someone points to the 90s, they point to the beginning with Nirvana and Grunge or the end with Mahir, with rap metal and awfulness. Yeah, those new metal guitarists knew what they were doing with that, the way they tilted their heads. <laughs> yeah. That's right. Those jerks. Um, yeah, so, you got to remember uh, Smashing Pumpkins goth phase in the uh, late 90s. Oh, Come on. God. Machine of the Machines of God. What a yeah, bad... That was like a door. Yeah, oh, a, a, right, a yeah, door. Yeah. 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 And those guys just started to suck. But no, I, I enjoy it. I, I still think it's a fun watch. I'm interested to know what someone who didn't grow up with it, who isn't of our age group, who grew up post... Born, basically a teenager now who was born after the millennium, would under... would would. There was also some Millennium referencing in it as well. Like, there was a lot of, like, in Yeah, they're talking the about time. the Millennium. So, like, I'm interested to know what a teenager from now would think of it because... I love the scenes in the video <clears> store, too. Yeah, because the whole concept of, like, a killer using a cell phone was so novel and original for the time. Because... Or uh, that it, it just was different and new, and that's what kind of, like, drew people to it. Like, oh, it's a slasher for the 90s, bro. Um... Whereas now, like cell phones are so ubiquitous, like they are. You wouldn't, you wouldn't pick up uh, somebody yeah. phoning from like a unlisted number. You'd I know. Be like, you'd be like, oh, oh no. that's a Chinese scam, yeah. Or someone trying to get. Hey, mine. Let's see them try to do a uh, mount a scream now. Yeah. Yeah, that's those were back when cell phones were indestructible. Now yeah. every horror movie has to create a reason for cell phones not to work. Well, that's the thing. I, I really want to go back and rewatch Scream Four because that is kind of funny. Games U.S. The cell phones get dumped in the uh, sink. And then they, they, they're trying to dry them off. There's a long sequence when they're trying to... You're supposed to put them in rice. Put them in rice, yeah. <laughs> anyway, but... I'm not um, going to bring up my Henneke impression again. Just he for left, that. he left. He had to... Yeah, I'm out. Peace out, Henneke gone. He had um, to film a child dying down the street. A sad child dying of starvation. <laughs> for real. Um... So, yeah, I mean, I, I just... It's interesting, because I would... I, I'm always fascinated, because... 
the one thing that was interesting about Scream at the time in the 90s a lot of people were trying to make timeless movies like if you watch a lot of movies not just horror films but dramas comedies whatever they're all trying to be like well they could be almost from any era so you would see people in like working in older offices even though it was a modern time but Scream is definitely feels like 1996 on the nose. Like it is a 1996 movie. They talk about watching movies on videotape. They have cell phones. They they're the internet's sort of in there. Didn't that Mark Wahlberg movie come out around that time? Fear. Fear? Yep, yeah, that was also a 96. It was also 96. Choice. I don't I don't I don't recall that movie. I know I saw it once. And I think it became like Assault I on Precinct 13. <laughs> Does it hold up? That was, no. that was William Peterson in that? Yep. Yeah. Reese Witherspoon. Mm-hmm. It was... Uh, it was Milano's in it. Did, yeah. Did it become like Assault on Precinct 13 at the end? I People compare it to Straw Dogs. Right, right, right. It's, right, it's, it's right. like yeah. it a, becomes a home invasion. It's like a teenage movie. Straw Dogs. It's Michael yeah. Haneke's What Dream, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so good. I love Zephyr with Marky Mark. Um, Zephyr. <laughs> he's way better than the Scram. Um, so... Yeah, I like it. I encourage people to watch it. This episode is becoming longer and longer, despite the fact I'm trying to keep it shorter and shorter. We didn't even go over the plot this time, I know, folks. I know. Sorry, I had a lot of research that went into it. Next time, I swear, we'll go through the plot. No, no, we, sometimes maybe we don't need to, yeah, you know? Yeah, I know. Um, so, we should talk about what we're doing. Uh, when, when we did Clifford. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, just talk about just the film. hating it so much. Just mention parts you like. Yeah. Um, so, this love. is our, our uh, the fourth and final part in our... Horror in the 90s series for October 2019. I am sad that the Halloween season is coming to a close. I don't know what I'm going to be doing on Halloween night, but I hope I'm doing something spooky. Um, I'm, I'm going to be re-listening to this episode. <laughs> By myself in my underwear. Oh, um, oh wait. I'll be walking down the street playing every day's Halloween <laughs> on November 1st. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's not over! It's not over till we say it's over, pukes. We drag I'm, I'm loving the yeah. Halloween decorations. I, know. I even wanted. There's a bar called Crafty Coyote, uh, which know, is yeah. a little overpriced. But on their patio, they have those um, like specter, like the the skulls with like the long black kind of things waving in the winds, oh, and they really so look good. like they're haunting the place. And I'm like, I just want to go have a beer under these things. Well, I got Cannibal Cove across the street over there. Right, Cannibal yeah. Cove. Yeah, makes Dangerous. me afraid to like you know head out to the bus. Yeah, don't take out your boat. No. Um, so. Uh, in November, we're going to be doing our, what I, I don't really have any other name for it other than our salute to dead guys. So we're going to be doing films featuring Sid Hag, uh, Burt Reynolds, and, uh, Robert, Robert Forster. Forster. the great. And, uh, then... A surprise dead actor. We're yeah. going to kill an actor and then watch his movie. Ha ha ha. Uh, so then we're going to go into to Christmas for December. Hopefully we can bank some of those episodes early on so they come out regularly. Anyways, uh, we hope you I hope you have enjoyed our, our depth into the... I still think we've only scratched the surface of 90s horror. Cause oh, we did, that's so good. We didn't even we did, touch Dr. Giggles. We did mostly sequels and then this... Shocker? Shocker. Oh. No, no, no uh, Child's Play 2. Oh, there's uh, Child's Play Leprechaun 2 and in 3. Space, yeah. The Army one. Um, we'll see. We'll oh, see. all the Leprechaun movies. No, the first one was 89. Is it? With Jennifer no, Aniston? It was it's 89. I looked it Maybe up. Maybe it was shot in 89, but wasn't released Oh, till we're going years. to the internet for the clue Definitely right now. hit the home video market where it uh, made a name for itself in 1990. Lep. Ra. He's a leprechaun. I'm a leprechaun. <laughs> Wait, two shadows. <laughs> yeah. I am the leprechaun. Crit, we ain't crit. <laughs> oh, those movies were good, too. The 90s were a good time. They were. Back they, when video yeah, stores some, were everywhere. Yeah. 
Seriously, you don't even have the movie. Like some Clive Barker movies. Clive Barker, hell yeah. Yeah, he did some good stuff. Um, I can't remember. Yeah, every like convenience store had like a video section. It would be like yeah, you'd have like some convenience and video. Yeah, like some Canadian night. Oh or crap! Leprechaun was from nineteen ninety three. Didn't I know that came out in the early aughts? Actually, yeah, that was, I think that yeah. was. Yeah, that was like two thousand. I remember seeing that in like my sophomore year of mm -hmm. university or something. Yeah. What was that other one? Uh, which was definitely nineties one. Cube Blood and donuts. Oh, Blood, Blood and donuts. donuts. I didn't see. Cube. That was like a TMN stable. Yeah. Anyways, guys, yeah, Leprechaun was 93. I apologize. So, for Death by Video, thank you so much for listening to our 90s. Way horror. wrong, too. You you really sped over that. 93 is not even close to 89, sir. Yeah, I know. So, uh, <laughs> we, are, we are saying thank you so much for listening to our, our Halloween. Have a very happy Halloween from all of us. Have at a Death by terrible Video. nightmares. Have a spooky it is our, day. It is our favorite holiday. It is our Christmas. Um, I'm going to have to blow out the pumpkin eventually. Uh, no, never let the pumpkin die out. Anyways, are we rocking at the Monster Mash here. Why not? <laughs> let's 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 end this to Monster Mash. So for Death by Video, I've been Phil. I've been Kit. And I'm still Graham. Saying please be sure to rewind. We'll see you next time. Keep watching amazing movies. Good night. To my surprise, he did the mash. He did the Monster Mash. The Monster Mash. It was a graveyard smash. He did the mash. It caught on in a flash. He did the mash. He did the monster From my laboratory in the castle east To the master bedroom where the vampires peace The ghouls all came from their humble abode To get a jolt from my electrode They did the mash They did the monster mash The monster mash It was a graveyard smash They did the mash It caught on in a flash They did the mash They did the monster mash Zombies were having fun. The party had just begun. The guests included Wolfman, Dracula, and his son. The scene was rocky, all were digging the sounds. Igor on chains, backed by his baying hounds. The coffin bangers were about to arrive with their vocal group, the Crypt Kicker Five. They played the monster mash. The monster mash. It was a graveyard smash. They played the mash. It caught on in a flash. They played the mash. They played the monster mash. Oh. Out from his coffin rack's voice did ring. Seemed he was troubled by just one thing. Oh. Opened the lid and shook his fist and said, oh. Whatever happened to my Transylvania twist? It's now the mash. Now the monster mash. The monster mash. And it's a graveyard smash. It's now the mash. It's caught on in a flash. It's now the mash. It's now the monster mash. Now everything's cool, Drax a part of the band. And my monster mash is the hit of the land. For you, the living, this mash was meant to. When you get to my door, tell them what it said. Then you can mash. Then you can monster mash. The monster mash. And do my graveyard smash. Then you can mash. You'll catch on in a flash. Then you can mash. Then you can monster mash. Monster mash. Monster mash. Monster mash.